Okay, turn back. We're listening to Legal AF. That was just streamed. These are Chinese geese, by the way. It's part of the ASMR to have like sounds of nature. Anyway, so this is from Live Trump is surrounded by prosecutors on all sides and can't handle it. Legal AF. Awesome show. Anyway, thanks for 237K. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna pull up a bit. We're gonna pull up to halfway through. Worker. Sh- weigh in. I want to hear what he has to say at his lawyer's episode about the maintenance worker. Told them to in confidence. So how are you going to represent vigorously represent Donald Trump when you know facts that you can't even use? It's just such common sense. So same thing here, right? Stan Woodward, you've got him representing Uciel Tavares. Uh, by the way, at the time that he represented Uciel Tavares, Uciel Tavares got himself into a lot of trouble saying, I don't remember. Um, and, you know, he, he did to the public. And so he is in deep water. So if anybody else is going to flip. Hold on. Mm. There, that's why Stan Woodward. Maybe about is, three, third, three quarters yeah, of the that way they through. really wanted at the beginning of Mar-a-Lago indictment was named Walt Nauta. They wanted Walt have with the guy and we've got him dead to rights on video on messages on email on chats i mean mm-hmm. sure surely he will flip and no because his lawyer was was He's stan woodward and stan woodward went to a side. meeting to have a discussion with jay Pratt, the head of counterintelligence for the department of justice who's now prosecuting one of the prosecutors for the mar-a-lago case and he came away with his, his feelings hurt his own stan woodward's his feelings were hurt he didn't give a crap about his his, his client Oh, I didn't like the way I was treated. Jay Pratt said mean things to me about I wanted to be a judge one day. and Why was I representing MAGA? Oh, oh in the meantime, you, you just got your client indicted. Right? And, and now we thought in the beginning, wow, the butler did it. He really did do it. Now we've seen the video, the audio, the the, the surveillance video. You see Tavares now turning on him. Tia Tavares next, by the way. Uh, he, he, he's next because he's the maintenance worker and he's not rep- he's represented by another MAGA pack paid lawyer, but he's not, um, he's not represented at least by Woodward. And what does he have to lose? He was the maintenance worker, a maintenance worker where the government has a recorded phone call between him and the former leader of the free world for 24 minutes. As I joked before, it's the longest recorded phone call in the history of the world between a former president and a maintenance worker. And so he is in deep water. So if anybody else is going to flip, it's going to be that guy. And then this is over. I don't care who the judge is, right? The judge could be judge. It could be Captain Kangaroo. I don't care. The federal court will could, will, will affirm a a uh, if if a jury if a jury finally finds against Donald Trump. But at this at this rate, I want to get your view on this one as a prosecutor. I think Mar-a-Lago has fallen to a distant third in the horse race. I, not only because of where the trial is going to happen, but in terms of importance to democracy and our justice system, I see Jack Smith's case, the elegant, surgical, one defendant, four counts, trial coming up. We'll talk about it next, uh, about trial dates. And important stuff all about 
Jan 6, the clinging to power, everything we learned about from the Jan 6 committee, you know, the six links to the chain, you know, the pressure on Mike Pence, the fake electors, the, the fake lawsuits, the pressure on election officials and elected officials. This matters in the history books that we bring him to justice for that. Mar-a-Lago for me is like a cherry on top. Okay, we got him. We got him with his hands in the cookie jar. That's great. Let's get back to Jan 6th. And then Phony Willis, who I think bought herself, as you've said in the past, a non-2024 trial because of 19 monkeys in a barrel that she's got to have to try to coordinate. Unless this thing just goes like Ken Cheesebro wants it, I want to do it you know, by fall. Uh, and we'll go from there. Where do you think Mar-a-Lago sort of fits in? And then we're gonna we're gonna eventually get over to our last topic tonight. I think that Jan six. You know, there's always a little slippage to the dates, right? So, I think January six is going to push things as you know to a place where that might be. Other than Ken Cheesebro and a few others with their speedy trial, now that Fonnie Willis is is in that situation, I think it's really going to be the Jan six Jack Smith case. I think Mar-a-Lago. I mean, hopefully that ends in a conviction, right? So I don't know that Mar-a-Lago goes right after that. Um, We'll see. You know, I, I think I think you're 100 percent right, though. I think and I think Jack Smith did it in a way, you know, four counts, one defendant, and he's ready to go. So for that it's reason, like it's almost like Mar-a-Lago was a stalking horse for him. Right. Let's just you know, it's almost like a faint. Let's get Donald Trump distracted down in Florida about documents while I build my case behind him, this giant shark of a case, and right and launch it on him back in DC on home turf for the Department of Justice. And I use the fulcrum between Mar-a-Lago and DC to my advantage as I whipsaw the defendant between it. Isn't that starting to look like what's going on there with Jack Smith? When everybody yeah. was all upset, Karen, for why did he go to the Southern District of Florida? He knew he could have gotten Gannon, 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 Gannon. I don't know why I'm using that voice for that. But in any event, now when you look at it, right, isn't he like, isn't he like the Yoda genius that's even above our thinking? We were looking at it like piecemeal, like, oh, this is an interesting piece. Let's spend an entire hot take on that. When he's got the grander 30,000 foot level, yeah. like, I'm going to send all the troops down here, but I'm going to come around the back and I'm going to attack him from there where he's where he's most vulnerable. I mean, like if he if he hadn't pulled Judge Cannon, right, Mar-a-Lago is such a straightforward case. Mm -hmm. You know, it really is. Sure. It's it's so I think I think he had contingencies, right? He knew, as you said, he had the whole view. He knew the whole picture. So he's got this case. If he pulls a good judge who, you know, that, that case could have gone very quickly. It's very straightforward. And, but he pulled Cannon. And so, you know, that now he's just like, okay, so I'll supersede. That case is, you know, not going anywhere anyway, anytime soon. And I'll focus on my other case. That's, you know, so he, he's got, he, he's, he's walking and chewing gum at the same time. So, yeah. So let, speaking of walking and chewing gum, Judge Chutkin down up, I keep saying down, it's down from me, up from Florida in DC, federal judge Chutkin, who I was super impressed with back when she was sentenced, just sentencing regular old Jan 6 insurrectionists. And I always thought she was on the short list for Joe Biden if he ever got another Supreme Court pick. I liked her a lot. When ben and I were, and you and I were reporting about her role there, and when, when she got picked, 
But to see her in action and compare her to Judge Cannon, I mean, Judge Cannon just does, just pales by comparison. Um, we're going to talk about Judge Chutkin and what's going on as we round out this edition of Legal AF. Uh, Midas Touch Network is going to try to do something about the, the debate. We're going to try to wrap this up so people can go watch the debate as well. But we know people like this counter-programming of you, me, and Ben talking about legal and political issues at that intersection. If you want to support Legal AF, it's really easy. Everything I'm going to say is free. Free subscribe to the Midas Touch YouTube channel. They're pushing towards 2 million. They want to hit that before 2024. You can buy, this is, this is not free, you can buy an amazingly newly designed t-shirts with a, with a series of new logos by a famous sports logo person that was a friend of Karen's uh, that we love and is, is taking off. And you can, of course, uh, after you're done watching us on YouTube, go listen to us and vice versa, cross-pollinate between our podcast platform, uh, wherever you get audio from and and here uh, and next we've got sponsors we've got sponsors that support our pro-democracy and legal and political boxing streaming services that exercise app to show your friends you bike 20 miles in the rain and your hometown newspaper for that one homecoming game score there's subscriptions for everything these days oh, it's from judge Right, thanks for 
People think it doesn't matter. It does. It becomes new evidence for prosecutors. It, be, it gets brought into the case, either because it violates those conditions of bond and release that we've talked about at length here on Legal AF, or it is new evidence, corroborating evidence, or a new crime committed by Donald Trump. And now he's got you know, four major sharks in the water who are going after him at high speed. And he's swimming alone out there, right? You've got you've got uh, Jack Smith, you've got Fonnie Willis, you've got Alvin Bragg, and then and then bringing up the other side on the civil side that could that could wreck his whole financial empire is Letitia James, the New York Attorney General. So people think, no, he doesn't care about these things. He does. He saw Weisselberg, his longtime CFO, so long time that it was his father's CFO, chief financial officer, and he saw what he looked like when they carted him off in an orange jumpsuit to Rikers Island. And somewhere, even if it's microscopic, somewhere in the transom of Donald Trump's mind, he believes there's a chance one or more of these are going to be successful. And so he talks, he'll he'll see what he can get away with, like a child on the, you know, burning his hand on the stove, but he's not going to go, so he's not so crazy that he's going to go debate and give fodder to the prosecutors. What do you think about that theory, Karen? I think you give him so much more credit than I would ever give him. <laughs> I think, um, you know, I, I think he doesn't go to the debate because he's kind of a coward. He, you know, he does. He thinks, oh, I'm winning. I don't have to show up. He doesn't want to answer tough questions, and he knows he's going to be the top. He's going to be the the star of the debate, whether he shows up or not, everyone's going to talk about him the entire time. You know, every 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 question that like he's going to be the most talked about person tonight by every single person on there. So why go? Because what if he? He's not that smart, right? He he looks kind of when I hear him talk, I think he, he sounds ridiculous. And so why get up there? He's already in his mind. He's the you know the front runner. So why why say something stupid and and have your numbers go down from there? He knows they're just going to you know eat each other alive and and just talk about him and so he there's just no reason for him to go and yes of course there's also that you know the the issues he could say something you know that could that could hurt him but i don't think he thinks like that he to him he thinks he, he thinks he can say anything and get away with it so I think he makes he's making some kind of calculation that it's just not you know he's going to say oh, I don't need I'm gonna, I'm winning and I don't even need to do something as stupid as that debate so anyway but speaking of the debate I think people might want to go watch it so you know we might want to we might want to just stay tuned for August 28th when uh, when Judge Chutkin gives us her trial date when she tells us whether she's going to do the January 2nd 2024 date that Jack Smith has asked for or the April uh, 2026, which is two years from then, um, it, which is basically never, uh, is that going to be the date, you know, or something in between? And so I think we'll get some answers then. That's that's what I'm waiting for is, is that hearing. Yeah, I'd like people to go watch it. But we also have a podcast to put on, so we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna continue to talk a little bit more about it. Yeah, listen, I, I, you and I sometimes agree. Uh, no, I reverse that. We often agree. We sometimes disagree. The only reason I, I, your point is well made. He definitely doesn't want to do the debate because he doesn't have to. When you're 40 points up, nothing says I don't need to go do a debate like that. In fact, I don't think Joe Biden 
should debate Donald Trump either, because I think he's forfeited the right, Donald Trump, to be on the same stage with Joe Biden being a four times indicted, twice impeached, once a judge, sexual assault victim, assault, yeah, sexual assault, tormentor anyway. against a victim. I don't think he has any place on a debate stage. And I, I would fault Joe Biden for saying, you know what, the last time he came on the debate stage, he tried to kill me with COVID. And yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to give you that. And people could make, yeah, or very limited, town hall, I don't talk to you, that. you stand across Pretty the way, and it's in a really neutral territory. I think he's forfeited the right to even be. The way he's the way he's uh, tormenting the RNC about, I don't want to debate, and you got to make a commitment, and this and that. I think Joe Biden says, you know what, I don't want to debate you either. How about that? How about we let the American people decide after my four years in office, and your four years in office, and your four years not in office, and let them make the decision there. I don't think anybody would fault Joe Biden for saying that. It's not, the, yes, the, the child inside me would like to see that debate, but, but in terms of like what's best for the country, what's best for Joe Biden democracy, I'd say screw it. You you forfeited. I don't want to see your your ugly ass on there. But he did cancel the press conference as well. It's somewhere in the back of his mind, his lawyers at least are concerned about a free for all at a debate and what it means for the prosecutions. Because if he was just worried about elected or not getting elected, we wouldn't we wouldn't have a show. We wouldn't be talking about uh, criminal prosecutions. And so, uh, but I don't want to underestimate him either. I mean, to make him into a cartoonish buffoon, which I love to do. Is, is to underestimate his ability. This is a guy that ran reasonably successful middling real estate firm in New York, was a reasonable successful talk show host, celebrity apprentice, whatever that thing was supposed to be. And then everybody thought he couldn't come president of the United States. Not only one, but there's a fair amount of people well, in this country that thinks he should get in again. So, uh, what do you it's think not, of the argument? My cup of tea, but you know, he's not done too badly for a guy, you know, from Queens. <laughs> What do you think of the argument that he's not caught, that he's disqualified or not caught? He, he, he can no longer run because of the 14th Amendment, Section 3. I agree with it. I, yeah. did a whole hot, I did a whole hot take on the two Federalist Society constitutional law professors who have written a 150-page law review article for the University of Pennsylvania Law Review arguing right now without having self-executing, without Congress doing a darn thing, he is already disqualified. We're just right, waiting for the petition for the ballot because what he did is an insurrection and a rebellion against the republic. And, and, and the good news is waiting they've for taken the petition the to do what? He doesn't have to be convicted of insurrection, which is good because nobody's charging him with the crime of insurrection. But doesn't he have to be convicted of something because you're innocent until proven guilty? That's my only question. Well, How can you... Well... Well, I'll do it the other way. He doesn't have to be convicted of seditious conspiracy or insurrection. It, I, I think that as of right now, the evidence and the way the 14th, we can get the 14th Amendment up there quickly, the way the 14th Amendment is written, I'm not sure he has to be convicted, although that was a position that I know Georgia took when they were trying to get rid of Marjorie Taylor Greene. I think if he gets convicted of any of these crimes, he is off the ballot. Their, their big argument was... You, there's not another process. You don't have to go to Congress. Congress doesn't have to impeach and convict him, which is good because we'll never get that to happen. Um, and it can just be he he did the bad thing. The bad thing is in the Constitution for you now being disqualified and not and that's a disqualifying event and you're off. But I think you're right. Without grabbing the 14th quickly, uh, 
He's got to be convicted of something. But the good news is, I don't think that something has to technically be rebellion. No, but there has to be a finding, right? You can't just, in other words, someone has to, there has to be some kind of finding that he did something. Yeah, exactly. Maybe that counts. I mean, but but here, you know, why why jerk around? We've got a second. Not concerned about the debate. Those that want to go to the debate can watch us later. The only reason, by the way, the only reason I am going to watch the debate is because I think, you know, as commentators, as people who, you know, comment on on all of the things that are going on regarding this, I think it's important that we can at least fight back some of the lies that will be that will be said. I'm not telling there, people not to watch it. I'm just yeah. not cutting our shows our shows short because of it because our show lives on forever in, in podcast world. Article 14, the 14th Amendment, Article 3, does not require impeachment. It says, as an officer of the United States, they can't hold office if they've engaged, engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the state, given aid and comfort to the enemies thereof. That, that's not a criminal conviction beyond a reasonable doubt standard. That is a, they have engaged. And I think nine sessions of the Gen 6 committee and all of the evidence already presented, and I think this is the, what the two constitutional law professors said, it's already established that he engaged. Now it's up for a judge, but the evidence has been presented to take him off the ballot based on an application of the 14th Amendment. The judge in Georgia that was yeah. with Marjorie Taylor came back. Take him off the ballot. The they're trying to get rid of her. Uh, and this local judge that was like, I don't know, like a zoning official, he was like some municipal judge who was <laughs> dealing with the issue of the ballots. And he said, no, I think she's got to be convicted of something. That's not, what, that's not what the 14th Amendment says. And the good news about the two constitutional law professors who were writing for should not have been appealed then. That will then, because that is two Federalist Society guys. One of them is just like all his entire um, expertise is on the Fourteenth Amendment. You can make an entire career in academia on this. Uh, I went, I went on his website for both the the, 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 uh, the professors. This will now Did be to appeal. Good and bad. By judges, and briefs. All the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. These aren't two crackpots. These aren't two Democrats. These aren't two liberal progressives. These are two conservative Federalist Society. I'm sure they voted for Trump the first time around. Law professors who said it's. I mean, they spent 128 pages explaining it or whatever it was. But they're like, it's a no-brainer. He committed it. You don't go to Congress. It's self-actuating. He's off the ballot. He should be off the ballot. And now it's going to be up to somebody to test it. So somebody was standing, which I think is anybody in the general electorate is going to be able to, like, bring an action when he's on a ballot. Right now, he's not on a ballot. Right now, he is not even a nominee yet. He's going to have to go through a primary system. But right at the moment, when before they're printing the ballots, and he wins all the delegates, because all these other um, sleepy, dopey, grumpy, whatever, is running against him, like, like, like last time, uh, lose, and, he's, and he, he is the nominee, the presumptive nominee, then you bring the 14th Amendment Article 3 in, and, and, and we have voted for that. That guy, maybe Jack Smith's case is already going through. Now, if he doesn't get convicted of these things, he'll point to that as being, see, I wasn't an insurrectionist and a rebellion person. I was, uh, I was absolved. Anyone in the general I electorate? I don't think it's, let me put it this way. Can petition? Why can't we question. petition now? I don't now? think it's an academic debate. I think it's an important Because he's already disqualified himself. against Donald Trump. Now Might as well preempt them. Federalist him. Society, right-wing conservative uh, uh, scholars of constitutional law on the 14th Amendment Article 3 issue. And 
that's not a good place for him to be because if his brain trust on the legal side is, to paraphrase a number of the other conspirators, Team Crackpot, Team Crazy, Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani, Jenna Ellis, uh, Ken Cheesebro, uh, and the rest, versus these guys, they're, done. Man, they're dead, bro. they're baked, put a fork in it. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. I just think there has to be. No, no. I just think there has to be some kind of. Uh, you know, maybe it's maybe the indictment counts. Maybe the Jan Six committee. You know, it has to be some kind of finding or accusation or you know, you can't. You know, otherwise, how do you establish the fact that he did? You know, that he gave aid or comfort or engaged in right? Like, how, how do you how do you but, but, establish that? But the that? framers didn't say convicted of the crime of seditious conspiracy. They left it open on purpose. And if the originalists, which are... Commit the crime. This, the majority Congress of the Supreme Court... Who already found... Time in a time machine, and put yourself inside the head. January 6th committee already found... A boost of power and... Um, obstruction... And, uh, that should be enough. I think I should go ahead and do it. Be the first person. I want to be the first person to file. I think we should do it now. the crime so he gets disqualified exclamation point I said, Lord Michael and Karen, I want to be the first person to file and get Trump disqualified. I don't think we need to wait. I would like your assistance. We need to or should wait. would like your assistance in filing to make sure he it gets disqualified will you do us all this big favor please just for press jump the prison and then I'm going to tweet that Asking Midas Touch Legal AF Lawyers 
MS Popok <coughs> and KFA Legal. Marcellus Marcellus Ben Marcellus Glenn Kirshner Harry Lipman Who else is an awesome lawyer? Michael Cohen Trista, first. Yes, don't you want to? Okay. Now I'm going to. Take screenshots of that and share with a Facebook page, pages, I guess. Uh huh. Christopher Prez. Midas News, Midas Tedge. Young Democrats of America, Twisted Justice, NY New York Times Politics, Comedy by Teresa DeGeneva, Democrats, Arizona Politics, Arizona Democrats Labor Caucus, Texas Tribune, Occupied Democrats, New York Times, HuffPost UK Politics, HuffPost Italia, Mother Jones, Bring Up, and then tag. Lincoln Project, Washington Post, Opinion, Citizen for Ethics, mm. how about Rep. Cory Bush, how about AOC, how about fucking Bernie Sanders, how about Rep. Raskin, What's wrong? Okay, my touch network.
Justice, justice, justice matters, justice, 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 and justice. Talking feds. Podcast. Two more people make a coin. Oh, shit. May you cope Um, baby, don't lie to me. Just mm. don't you want to see the debates? Yeah. Almost done. Make a couple podcasts. Republican presidential candidates are ex- expected in the spin room after the debate. WSN 12 News Live. Comments were turned off with uh, us. Fucking sucks. Just gotta get in front of that camera. If y'all are still there, hey there. Shout out to KAMP Student Radio at the University of Maritzburg. Uh, keep it wanted, possibly okay. Job radio, job radio, job on radio. On the red sweat, just a shit. Job radio, job radio. So, um, live debates. See if we can see some live debates. Live Republican. Who's covering debates? The mass debates. Uh huh. The majority report. Mr. Live. First debate, David Pacman show. Um, live GOP stream and commentary, the rational national young Turks watching. Okay, and check the Trump interview. Thanks for 237k, man. Commercial break. Wanna pull up? What the hell? Oh my god. And that is why he did a pretty good job. I seem the most Trumpian out there. Uh, And the further uh, extreme you go, I think, in the Republican Party, the better off you're going to be with the voters. He got huge applause lines. He did Trumpian lines, which I, this one I'm in favor of, where he said uh, that I'm the only one on this stage who is not bought and paid for. And that is true. And he's the only one that talked about 
uh, donors. And I, I, I mean that partly because he funds his own campaign, but more importantly, because everyone else is funded by super PACs that he mentioned. And so I think that's a good point by him. That's a giant winning line for Donald Trump when he did this almost same exact line back in uh, the first debate in 2015 uh, in a similar situation. So he was pretty strong tonight. They, the counterattack against him from Pence and others saying that he's not ready, I thought was going to backfire, but it didn't, especially because of Chris Christie and how uh, aggressively Christie came out against him on Ukraine. That made Vivek look a little silly on that issue. Um, but uh, DeSantis was a disaster. Uh, Mr. Bobblehead bobbled all night. He was clearly the most nervous of the candidates. Uh, and the more nervous he got, the more he uh, bobbled his head. So there's a lot of this going on. And then awkward smiles in the beginning of answers and at the end of answers. So all night we were watching like... And it's like, please, please, brother. Pence was a little stronger than I expected. Still eliminated. Uh, and, <laughs> and we'll get back to the fly in the ointment on that one. Uh, as long as it's not in his hair. Uh, and Chris Christie was very strong. So now, at the same time, he was booed uh, throughout the night. And why? Because he was... Sorry, not sorry, Trump bumpers. No Trump on the ballot. Sorry, not sorry, Republican Trump humping MAGA morons. Check on my chickies. One sounds slightly distressed. That's true. He was one of the ones that was actually opposing him and Asa Hutchins were opposing Trump. Uh, the other six were, I don't know, vying for VP or I don't know what they were doing. They were way too scared of Trump. And, and in a sense, through the audience, Trump was at that debate. Because if you cross Trump too much, the audience would roar in disapproval. And so there was an interesting moment where Mike Pence, they were asked, hey, did Mike Pence do the right thing in uh, defying Donald Trump on January 6th? And it put everyone in a very difficult position because they all know Mike Pence did the right thing and Mike Pence is standing right there. And if they said he, he did the wrong thing, he's going to be able to fight back. But at the same time, if you say he did the right thing, then you're defying Trump. So they were caught in a, in a situation where they find themselves in this campaign. And that's what a lot of this tonight was about, too, which is, what do I do with a problem named Donald Trump? 
do I oppose him or don't I oppose him? If I oppose him, the crowd boos me. If I don't oppose him, well, he's going to win. I'm right against him. But Vivek had the funniest line accidentally of the night when he said, Donald Trump was the greatest president, I think he said of the 20th century. <laughs> yeah, well, the greatest president of the 20th, 20th century. Well, then, brother, why are you running against him? You know, he's in the race, right? So, obviously, Vivek's not trying to actually win the race. He's trying to kiss Trump's ass, either get a cabinet position, a VP slot, or just get name recognition and do it as a giant publicity stunt and try to get a show on Fox News or something along those lines. So, I thought at the end of the day, uh, more than anything else, DeSantis lost the uh, debate tonight more than anyone wanted. And I will tell you this before I turn it over to Anna. Here are the five people I think. Uh, that have no chance uh, and was confirmed tonight. Uh, Tim Scott, I mean, just a big fat zero. Uh, he put us to sleep with every single answer. Uh, was not relevant in any way, shape, or form. Didn't get into any fights. Was total and utter snooze fest. Hutchinson, <laughs> good spirited attempt at opposing Trump and being really conservative at the same time, but there's zero percent chance. Doug Burgum. Who? <laughs> okay. No, get it. okay. But when I'm on a, a horseback, uh, while I'm being a horse's ass in North Dakota, okay, look, brother, you gotta go. I love you, but he you gotta go. Pleasant, <laughs> but seen... not really up to par, no. and that's saying a lot considering the field. Let's yeah, for that. sure. Yeah. And uh, Nikki Haley is not gonna make it, and Mike Pence is not gonna make it. Uh, Mike Pence can't possibly win a national election, so that only leaves you, uh, Ron DeSantis. For the moment being, with heavy Scott Walker slash Mike Dukakis vibes, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, unbelievably, and Chris Christie. That's my opinion. What do you think, Anna? I think that Ron DeSantis is done. I think you should put a fork in him. He looked incredibly nervous all night long, almost a little sweaty in the face, and he just, the, the lack of authenticity, the obvious rehearsed, talking points he was very robotic and look one thing that's really clear about the republican base voters like strength and ron DeSantis did not come across as strong he came across as someone trying to appear strong and failing at doing so but i was actually shockingly surprised at, at how strong chris christie came out and look i have a little bit of a bias here And if you know nothing about politics, nothing about policy, and you just focus on optics, I think Vivek Ramaswamy came up on top in this debate. Uh, I, I hear you, and I'm very curious what Republican voters are going to think, because he's the only one that came out against sending more money to Ukraine. Uh, then Christie hammered him and talking about how Putin uh, is kidnapping the Ukrainian children and having them fight against their parents, uh, murdering uh, husbands and going and raping wives and daughters. It was just a brutal uh, description of the guy that uh, Ramaswamy seems to be uh, supporting when he says we should just let Russia take parts of Ukraine and declare them the victor, basically. Uh, so... But at the same time, Vivek standing alone on that issue and usually standing alone in a, in a crowd like this is, is helpful. Uh, and, and Republicans like people who, uh, are, you know, don't mind having a, a 
and contrarian point of view, right? Trump had contrarian points of view to no end. And so, and, and one thing that's really important, and I'll say one more thing about Christie and then Vivek. Uh, on Christie, by the end of the night, he started getting grudging applause. Yes, yes. Yeah. I noticed that once he started talking, he had this incredible moment where he talked about the importance of protecting our constitutional rights, our constitution, right? And I was like, I wonder how the audience is going to react to that, because it was in the context of January 6th and Trump trying to overturn the election. And obviously, Republicans are overwhelmingly on board with Trump. But when Christie specifically mentioned the oath he took when he was voted into office and the importance of protecting the Constitution, all of a sudden, I noticed a little bit of a change in the way the audience was treating him. The booze, like, simmered down a little bit. He even got a few applauses. So I don't know. I, at first, Jake, when you said that there is some possibility that Chris Christie's strength will eventually win over Republican voters, I couldn't help but roll my eyes, honestly. I'm like, there's no way. They despise this guy. But if he keeps fighting the way he's fighting, I think that there really is a possibility that he could win some over. Will it be enough to actually win the nomination? I don't know. At this moment, I doubt it. But who knows? Yeah, he stands a lot better chance than Tim Scott and Nikki Haley. thousand percent. Or just taking up space. They have no, nothing distinguishes them. Um, from one another. And so, and we'll get to Trump in a second, and Brett, uh, watch that interview, and we'll uh, do that uh, in the rest of this programming in a second. But last point about the de uh, debate is, uh, so, Ramaswamy knows the media game better than any of the other guys, partly because he's younger, and he studied it, and that's kind of his way of trying to win, uh, his method methodology, versus the rest of them. The re like, except for Chris Christie, the rest of them got trained in the old school. Yes. So they're robotic politicians, and they're like, I have studied this talking point. I also studied this line I'm about to tell you. I mean, this is the worst on that, right? Uh, whereas, Eric Ramasami is purposely putting in lines that he knows the media is going to pick up. Like, the rest of these guys are bought and paid for. Okay, uh, you work for Lockheed Martin. Okay, that's, I don't know, he didn't say it quite like that, but pretty close. Those are good lines. And, and things that are going to pick up media attention. Look, guys, not that many people watch the debate. More people watch clips like this than watch the debate. And so you've got to stand out with certain lines in the debate so they are repeated over and over and over again. That's how you win it. You win it a day later, two days later, based on who got the most views online. That's the new day in America, and the old guard doesn't understand that at all. You're right. Final thing I'll say about it that really stood out to me, you know, it's interesting because Trump's not there. You have all these candidates who are trying to, like, straddle this line in running against Trump without upsetting his supporters, right? So I noticed that a lot of these candidates who want to pander to Trump's base decided to go after Biden instead which is so stupid because you're on a debate stage with your, not necessarily political opponents, you guys are all Republicans, but you're running against each other. And you're running against Trump as well, even though he's not there on that debate stage. Make a case for why you're the best Republican candidate uh, in this election. You get what I'm saying? Don't pretend as though you're already in the general running against Biden. And I felt like that was a cop-out. It was a way to skirt uh, the... 
essentially the pressure to criticize or critique Trump. I was only able to watch a little bit at the end, but it really, it, the question that I had going in was, how is DeSantis going to do? Because, and I wanted to think, I was thinking about him compared to Christie because they're both lawyers, right? They both say, I'm a lawyer, I stood in front, but there's a difference between watching like Jag on TV and watching Jag on Ron on the debate stage. The difference between those two lawyers is that one's a TV star. And you can see Christie go on, you know, this week on NBC or ABC or whatever it is every week and be able to deliver those lines on television. And he's been very, he's the only one who's able to, like, in the last go around, you know, he drew blood on Rubio. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he still had it. But Ramaswamy, so Trump had this TV star ability that he just brought to it. And he coincidentally was able to appeal to the next generation of, of how um, people ran for office. But Ramaswamy has the actual next generation's talent of like TED talking and crypto bro slinging. Totally. He has that parlance and he has that ability to just sit there and you can see it. I was saying it when I saw his closing comments. He, you know, I've done this. I've been in these like Q rating things where they're trying to, they look at you and they study you and they see how you look better. And you have people that, that they try to connect with you on a very like specific down the barrel way. And then there's other people, they tell you to just kind of smile a little bit as you talk and you can look normal and appealing and friendly when you do that. And for Ramaswamy absolutely has that. The one person who can't do it, and I don't know if it's because of the Ozempic, he hasn't taken in enough calories and he's losing weight like crazy every week, it's DeSantis. And DeSantis, when he tries to do that, you just see him. It's not natural. And he absolutely loses it. Is he on Ozempic? I don't know, that's a rumor. But they're slinging so many rumors. Like, I was just watching the Trump thing. It's rumor after rumor after rumor. (laughs) I never see the fun rumors. It's not fair. <laughs> we'll get to the more fun rumors, especially when we get to the Trump interview saying. The super last thing on uh, on the uh, debate is, look, if we think Vivek Ramaswamy won this debate, and that seems to be the consensus for Anna and I, well, then the guy who actually won the debate is Donald Trump. Because the guy who won the debate said that Trump was the greatest president of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. And it spent the entire debate up Trump's ass. Mm-hmm. So... You know, Trump wins, and Vivek comes in second as the turtle. So, I mean, I I guess, congrats. Actually, I just remembered. One of the better moments for Chris Christie was when he called Vivek Ramaswamy out on what he wrote in his book in regard to Trump versus what he's saying publicly about Trump, especially as it pertains to January 6th, right? Very critical of Trump when it comes to his unwillingness to accept defeat in the book. Publicly, though, oh, Trump's the best thing since sliced bread. And I love that Chris Christie called him out on that. And honestly, for a brief period of time during the debate, uh, Ramaswamy was thrown off his game. But he got back on. And by the way, he did it by just pulling a Trumpian move where he said, I didn't say that in my book. It's <laughs> totally not true. Everybody knows it's not true. Right. But he's like, what difference does it make? I'm going to go full Trump. I'm just going to lie. And, and so uh, he went full Trump on the debate, but... Funny enough, amongst those guys, it looks like he won. Uh, we'll see what the polling indicates, obviously, and see uh, if we got it right in terms of the Republican reaction to it. Okay, so uh, I want to start with one clip uh, that I thought was very telling. So wow. so in, in a debate on Fox News Channel, uh, they uh, asked the question of, hey, if you are... Uh, if Trump gets convicted, are you going to still support him for president? I think the speed with which they answered was even more telling than their answer. So let's watch the clip. 
If former President Trump is convicted in a court of law, would you still support him as your party's choice? Please raise your hand if you would. Someone's got to stop normalizing this conduct. Okay. Now, this is the great thing about this country. Booing is allowed, but it doesn't change the truth. Trump's ass. 
That's my mission. Okay, and, and that's my North Star is his sphincter. So he went for it. They call him Pilps. <laughs> okay. the, the, the North Brown Star. Uh, so South Star. Yeah, so and Vivek knew what the battle plan was. Right. The, whereas the Sanders and Pence, at this late date still don't know if they're going to oppose Trump or not. And Pence has been caught a hundred times going, well, I had to do what I did on January 6th, and I swore an oath to the God himself, which he said in the debate, uh, to uphold the Constitution. I said, God. Okay, anyway. Uh, but when asked, okay, but if he's the candidate, are you going to back him? Especially if he's a convicted felon. He's still like, oh, I don't know, God, what do you think? Mother, mother. Like, dude, you got to make up your mind before you, you enter the debate stage. You do, because if you're going to ride that talking point of I'm, I'm the tough guy who stood up to Trump and did the right thing, you can't then turn around and say, oh, yeah, I would totally support Trump if he's the GOP nominee. And you can't say, I, you know, I swore uh, oath to God uh, to protect the Constitution, and I chose the Constitution over Trump, which he said in the debate. And then turn around and say, oh, yeah, but if he's a convicted felon for doing the insurrection, uh, then uh, I'm all good with it because uh, Republicans over God. Like, it just defeats your whole point. So incredibly weak. Man. DeSantis is not just the doesn't just have a bobbly head. He's on wobbly legs already. Like he's, I'm telling you, he's giving me that Scott Walker vibe. Like, oh, Scott Walker could be the guy. You guys forget he he was touted as like the top, one of the top guys back in 2016, former governor of Wisconsin, and he he just face planted and left the race in like utter embarrassment. He was the first one to drop out, and uh, and that's DeSantis was then nightmare tonight and I, and that indecisiveness that nervousness the nervousness is what's uh undoing him both in the debate and in the campaign overall totally agree all right uh so before we go to the rest of the clips all right what happened tonight what was what, trump um actually i am gonna go to uh sop one tv one because it's so weird the, so essentially with donald trump and uh tucker carlson tonight they launched some counter programming and obviously the reason that they launched this counter programming is because they wanted to be able to say at the end of the day that they got more views than the entirety of the rest of the field on fox news and as, as of when we're saying this now they got 82 million views on twitter and their x and that's why they went to x but it was just such a weird experience to watch this interview and it started off exactly this awkward it's debate night but we're not in milwaukee And it wasn't live. It wasn't live, everybody. What happened was, after touting with, like, these trailers that they revealed, and they dropped hours before, all it was, I was wondering, because all the live stuff since Periscope went under that you can find on X or Twitter is all audio. So I was wondering, what are they going to do when they drop? He just uploaded a 45-minute video. I didn't believe it. He just uploads a 45-minute video, Tucker does, on his Twitter handle. And it just went on for 45 minutes. All the hits. Tucker would ask questions. Those questions would lead to half answers from Trump. Many of them softball questions. And Tucker would just kind of go, or Trump would just go off in some random-ass direction.
talking about the weirdest stuff, and we have a bunch of clips that we'll, we'll play eventually, but it really was 45 minutes of the following. It was Trump explaining why he's, he's not there, and apparently, according to what you guys have, it bore out. He basically said he didn't have to be there whatsoever, and he said that the guys that were running were total clowns. And it turned out that at least half to two-thirds of them proved themselves to be those clowns. And he didn't have to be there because people were booing on his behalf yeah. and cheering on his behalf and actually championing him while running against him on his behalf. So I have to share this because this came out earlier in the day because, of course, people were like, ah, what about Trump? Trump's not going to be there. Why aren't you going to be there? So there was a new statement by a Trump campaign senior advisor, Chris LaCivita, and he said, President Trump has already won this evening's debate because everything is going to be about him. Mm -hmm. That's yep. the kind of attitude he's got. And you're right. I mean, mentioning how the audience was reacting to the answers and how it impacted Trump or how it comment, how they commented on Trump to told you everything you needed to know about where the base is at at the moment. I mean, things could change, but Trump has that massive lead 